For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. This week, it's two up top because James is off doing a scouting mission and that means that Cole is leading the line. So, Cole, how have you been in these past few days? Yeah, really good, Dan. You know, got a bit of a new buzz about us and, and we've even got a win to talk about tonight, mate. This is it. We've all got a spring in our step now, haven't we? And like Sven-Goran Eriksson in the early 2000s, I'm handing out debut caps left, right and centre at the moment. And that means that Kevin Gower is joining us this evening. So, Kev, it's a pleasure to have you on board and I hope you're looking forward to chatting all things Tottenham. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dan. I've been uh, looking forward to it. So it's, uh, it's good to come on with Spurs win. So I'm looking forward to it. Good man. Right, before we chat all things Tottenham, let's get the social media bits out of the way so we can dissect Saturday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Come On You Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. And of course, you can follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COIS underscore COM. Well, we're also on all the major audio platforms, that being Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., etc. Right then, let's get down to business. And that business, without making it too simple, is the fact that we actually get to talk about a league win on this podcast. And Carl, like you said, it feels good, and especially against West Ham. Oh, yeah. I mean, any win against them is good, isn't it, Dan? But, you know, given, obviously, the recent form and, obviously, you know, the bit of turmoil we've gone through, um, it was looking a difficult game before the kind of news of Jose and everything. Um, and just, yeah, brilliant win, good performance. Obviously, the first 70 minutes was good, you know, the last 20, not so. Um, obviously, we let them off the hook, didn't we? Because it should have been a more convincing win. And obviously, their two goals kind of make it look like it was tighter than it was. Um, but overall, I think we've got a lot to be positive about from that first game under Jose and uh, gives us a bit of a new spring in our step. Absolutely. We'll take a deeper dive into the game in just a moment. But Kevin, all chapters have to come to an end at some point. Obviously, the book of Potch is now closed. But with that, new one starts. So what was the first page of the Mourinho managerial novel like for you? I think it was good, to be honest. Um, I think Mourinho kind of saw the best and worst of Tottenham in that first game. Um, So it's probably what he could have hoped for, really. The first 70 minutes obviously being the best. And obviously the last 20 being the worst. So hopefully um, he can iron out that defence. But um, it's a good win. I, I love beating West Ham. I can't stand them, to be honest. So um, I'm absolutely buzzing that we beat them. Yeah, I was in a very pro-West Ham pub. I didn't know this at the time. It turned out that Frank McAvenny was doing a meet and greet in the other end. I was thinking, oh, God. So by the time we were freeing up, I was giving it all the... I'm flicking the Vs and all that. So luckily I come out unscathed. But yes, anyway, we move on. So, Cole... I mean, the signs looked good early on, didn't they? I mean, Harry Kane lashed the ball home after, what, four or five minutes? And even in those first five minutes, you thought, hang on, there's a bit of urgency here. Yeah, there looked to be a bit more movement, didn't there? You know, obviously, Jose set us up where, you know, about time, he kind of just wanted to let that front four do do its thing, didn't it? Because when you've got Kane, you know, Mora, Ali and Son, you know, we know they're capable of the sort of performance they put in at the weekend. Um, and obviously, but they just need to have a solid base behind it. Um, and Jose had obviously seen a few things he wanted to change. Um, obviously, you had Davies and, you know, not really going forward so much or, you know, just bombing on, leaving us open. 
Uh, we stopped doing silly things like those silly goal kicks where you're passing it to a guy three yards away and getting caught in and around your own area. Um, Dyer was there just breaking up play, wasn't he? So, you know, he'd obviously just tinkered with a few things and kind of give, you know, looked like they had a little bit more freedom up top to kind of be expressive. You know, Ali playing in his preferred role, dropping into that little gap. Um, and it, it all just seemed to come together. Um and we can only hope that that's the sign of things to come. You know, even Aurier kind of had a decent game, didn't he? You know, he was the one who was allowed to kind of push forward a bit more. Um, and for me, just really encouraging. And you kind of think once he gets a bit more time to work on that squad and kind of put some ideas across and get people playing how he wants, then, you know, I think there's enough there for us to be really encouraged about. Because, Kev, I get the feeling it was very much a back-to-basics approach in terms of the formation. I mean, in the first third of the season, we've been very guilty as a club of trying to sort of shoehorn players into different positions, chopping and changing every week. There's no continuity. But, you know, you've got a front four, dynamic, you know, Ali number 10, his favourite role, some might say. Son and Lucas, they don't usually play well together out wide, but they certainly did on Saturday. So if those three and Kane at the point of the attack, could you see that as the favoured four going forward? Yeah, I think so. I mean, even under Poch, um, I, I said a few times um, that I'd like to see Son wide left and Mora wide right, just to see how it, just give them license just to do um, as they do. But obviously you need that screen behind them, which with, with Dyer obviously brought to us. So it was good to see them um, all attacking. I mean, let's be honest, West Ham were terrible. So, I mean, if there was going to be a game where all four players were going to play well, it would have been that one. So, uh, yeah, I hope to see uh, something similar against Bournemouth. I mean, yeah, in the sense of West Ham's defence, I, I would imagine, I'm, obviously I'm not Jose Mourinho, but I think we could have all looked at that defence and thought, right, the only way we can really get something out of this is just hit them on the break because there were so many gaps uh, that West Ham were offering up. I mean, that and Roberto, just an absolute clown of a goalkeeper. Well, um, that, that is a Sunday <laughs> league goalkeeper. I know, I know. That's <laughs> unbelievable. It's, it's shocking, unbelievable. isn't it? <laughs> I, was, I was saying to a friend of mine, it's like he's got chocolate wrists. There's just no strength. Yeah. Like, it's just like... I mean, I mean even Kane's header, wasn't it? You know, when, when in real time, Kane's header looked like a really good header. But when you saw the replay, he gets a full hand to that. Um, and again, you're just thinking, this is a bloke that you just need to shoot on target with this guy in goal because he won't stop nothing. But, oh dear, unbelievable. Where they've got him from, God knows. <laughs> I wish they could send him back, they're probably thinking. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, in terms of the starting lineup, Cole, there was no room for Musa Sissoko. Now, it's only one game and we shouldn't jump to massive conclusions, but do you think Mourinho's thinking that we may need to be a little bit more dynamic in the centre of the park? And due to his, let's say, if we're kind, limitations that might end up being his undoing in this new era. Yeah, I think we'll need to see kind of how that one pans out with Sissoko. You know, I think obviously first game and he, he's gone, you know, we know he likes Dyer, so so he wanted him in there. And obviously, you know, we, we, you know, he likes Winks by the looks of it. But I think so with Sissoko, I wouldn't say that's possibly the end for him yet because I still think there'll be games where Jose might like his work rate um, and what he puts in. But obviously... You know, if he, as each week goes on, if Sissoko starts getting less and less game time, then you may feel that obviously maybe Jose does feel he's got limitations that he doesn't want or that, you know, he can't really work with. And then we'll see if there's a change made. But I, I still think it's probably a bit early yet. And I, I still think he may find that those strengths that Sissoko has, he'll use at certain times. Because, Kev, you know, obviously that's one French international, but, of course, there's Ndombele as well. So, we've got Winks and Dyer who took to the field on Saturday. 
it's a nice problem to have, but how do you solve it? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, obviously Jose likes Dyer. Um, he tried, obviously tried to sign him. Um, there's, there's no sort of escaping that um, when he was at Man United. So I think he'll give Dyer a bit of a run in the team. Um, but I think the good thing about it is I think he'll probably won't play Dyer tomorrow. I think he'll go with Sissoko uh, against Olympiacos. So I think he'll get to sort of see him, um, them sort of both in that position. But I think he'll, in the Premier League especially, I think he'll stick with Dyer for at least the next five or six games just to see if he can get some consistency. And I guess, Carl, that almost you need a runner games out of Eric Dyer because his stop-start career over the last couple of years has been well documented. Obviously, illness and it's not really his own doing. And I guess he, you know he'd love to be playing. So this sort of change of manager, new sort of uh, breath of life into him might just be the boost that he needs as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, as you say, his illnesses are, are well there, aren't they? You know, it wasn't just like picking up a groin strain or something. You know, if your immune system's gone, you've got to get that strength back. Um, so I think, yeah, a run of games is what he needs um, because obviously, you know, before that kind of illness and that, you know, he was playing really well um, and really highly thought of. Um, so if he can get back to that Eric Dyer, then that's great. Um, and, you know, when you've got the likes of, you know, Tangai and Winks and that, that you can change around, it, it's nice to have. But I'm sure all pros would tell you that unless you start getting regular games and minutes, it's hard to get into a rhythm and find your form. So I think Jose, I agree with, you know, I think Jose will stick with that with that lineup in the Premier League, but might just chop and change it a little bit in, you know, the Champions League game or some FA Cup games. Um, but, yeah, he'll want to see how Dyer can perform if he's given a run. Um, the only change I can see him possibly making when Tangai's back is, is Winks coming out for him. Um, but, again, it'll be interesting to see what happens if the run of games and how Jose feels about that. Absolutely. Like I say, it's a nice headache to have. And also, there's a headache, I guess, in that number 10 role because... Kev, you've got Lacelso, Lamella as well, you know. Dare I say Ericsson, we'll get to him a bit later, so we won't reference him just yet. But, I mean, have we almost got too many of those players in that position now? Obviously, you know, Lacelso, he hasn't really sort of fitted in anywhere at the moment, bar a fleeting appearance in the Champions League, you know, good performance against Red Star, both home and away. So what do you do with him at this point? Yeah, it's interesting um, to see what's going to happen with Lacelso. Um, obviously, it's a Pochettino signing, so... Um, it's a difficult one to say, really. I mean, we know from the last sort of few days um, that Jose Mourinho obviously loves Deli Ali, so I think we're going to see him playing that number ten role a lot. Um, and even with the the same as the sort of the dire situation, I think we'll see Deli playing that for a, a number of games in the Premier League, and he may just play Lo Celso in the Champions League or the FA Cup. Um, but I think he'll, he'll stick with Deli, that's for sure. Talking of Deli Ali, Kev, sorry, yeah, I'll stay with you, Kev, actually. What did you make of the comment where he supposedly said to Deli Ali, are you Deli Ali's brother? He said no, and he said, well, play like Deli Ali then. I think he certainly did play like Deli Ali on Saturday. Yeah, he did. I mean, he hasn't been himself, has he, for a while, Deli? Um, I think he just needed, um, I mean, if Jose Mourinho's sort of giving you that, sort of that kick up the arse, it's like, it's what you want to hear as a player, and um, Delhi responded against West Ham. Um, I thought he was the best game I've seen him play for a long time. So I hope he can continue it because he, he's top class. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's been missing really from Tottenham at the moment, is it? That sort of energy that he brings to the team as the almost second striker at, at times, Carl. I mean, you look back at what the 15, 16, 16, 17 seasons when he was really sort of flourishing. If we can get anywhere close to that, we're not going to be too shabby, are we? 
Yeah, you know, it was always a position, wasn't it, where like when we was looking at other top teams around us at the time, they always had like a 15, 20 goal a season scoring midfielder. And it was the one position that we kind of never really had that consistent goal scoring threat. Um, and when Dali, Delhi came along and started, you know, arriving like he did, we suddenly had that midfield goal scorer that you could rely on to get in the box and get your, you know, a precious 15 20 goals a season um, and that that is a big difference between you know being outside the top four and challenging for titles um, so if he can get anywhere near back to that sort of form then as we know we've got a real player on our hands um, and, and that's thing you know hopefully Jose is the sort of manager who can maybe possibly fire up that old Delhi and and Jose will probably want to see that kind of a bit more aggressive side to his game that obviously everyone at one point wanted to take out of him where I think Jose will say to him I want to see that come back you know I want to see that kind of arrogant cocky confident you know um, in your face Deli Alley, and, and you'll probably be that player again so the early sign was looking good and let's just hope that continues. Kev I'll throw out another theory for you here the injury to Hugo Lloris it's obviously not mm-hmm. a, good, a good thing but Will Jose Reno look at that as perhaps the easiest way to transition from one goalkeeper to another? Because say he comes back, there's not necessarily a furore about him being dropped. It might just be a case of Gazaniga is so good that I can't really sort of get you back in. And with the age that you are, it might be sort of easier for him to move on, especially as Larissa said before, that his future was always linked to that of Potches. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, Gazaniga for me, he's not a number one goalkeeper. He's a, he's a good backup, but I, I don't think he's a number one keeper. Um, and with Hugo, um, I mean, he's so he's been so inconsistent. I mean, he'll he'll pull the worldie out one game and then he'll drop an absolute howl the next. So I think um, I don't think anything will be done about it in January. But I would like to see us in the summer um, go out and buy a new number one goalkeeper. That's for sure. Which, to be fair. Cole, probably wouldn't have been the case if Pochettino was still in charge come the summer. You would have thought he would have looked at the goalkeeping personnel and thought, yeah, that's probably about all right. But with a new man, new ideas, I guess. Yeah, definitely. You know, each manager brings their own kind of ideas and the sort of goalkeeper they might like. Um, And as you say, maybe this will be the perfect time and kind of, you know, a convenient injury where, you know, Jose can say, well, actually, this is the sort of keeper I'm looking for. Um, as, as you know, as Kev said quite rightly with Hugo, you know, you still put him up there possibly in the top, you know, within the top 10 keepers in the world. But he can be frustrating, can't he? Because he can drop those clangers that cost you. Um, and we know Jose is a sort of manager who probably just wants a more solid, you know, nothing fancy, but just good all round keeper. So that one will be a good one to keep our eye on, I think. Absolutely. Right. Let's revert back to on pitch matters. And Carl, we shouldn't forget that it was Hume Min Song who opened the scoring. And you'd have to say it was nothing short of deserved after that early balance of play. Yeah, I mean, we started the game so well, didn't we? Um, and, and you could see that, you know, we were in control, playing some nice football. Um, their form's been bad. And the, the main thing was we didn't let them start the game off and get their towels up. And we certainly didn't. Um, and obviously no one better to score against them than Son, given the kind of abuse and racist stuff they've given him. So it's always great to see Sonny score. And kind of, you know, there was that video on Twitter that goes around with a West Ham fan out the car window with the DVDs. Well, they won't want to see too many DVDs of Son goals against them because he always <laughs> likes to score some, doesn't he? Absolutely. Great shout, Carl. And of course, Kev, that one goal advantage was doubled soon after. We mentioned sort of Dele Alli and back to his best, we could say. But, you know, we shouldn't forget that although Lucas scored, 
that bit of skill to keep the ball in by Deli Alley was really the difference, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. Um, the funniest thing was, I know it's been said a lot, but those um, those cheers from the West Ham fans when he fell over, um, like he'd actually messed up and then he managed to flick it back. It was. Uh, it was it was great awareness from Delhi, and that's what we want to see from him. That's what's been missing. And um, if he hadn't done that, we wouldn't have scored, and we wouldn't have gone two 0 up. So um, no, it was it was it was awesome. You could almost argue it was, I guess, the key goal at just the right time. And not only that, Kev, do you feel there was a bit of extra edge to Harry Kane's game on Saturday? Dare I say, a bit more dark arts, you know, backing in, mouthing off to opposition. It seemed as if Reno's already had a little word in his ear and just said, you know, make yourself a bit more nasty. Yeah, I think so. I mean. Um... It's, it's, it's kind of one of those things. I mean, you want to see that from Kane. Um, well, you want to see it from all of our players. I mean, Jose's the master of it. Um, you sort of go back to the Juventus game um, a couple of years ago when uh, Pochettino came out afterwards and he said um, the players sort of need to learn that, that sort of that dark arts. And I think with Jose, um, I think he'll definitely instill that in the team. But, I mean, Kane was... I mean, he, he has got a bit about him, about him anyway. I mean, he... He loves it, sort of like getting stuck in and um, getting tight on defenders. And um, I mean, he's the best. He's the best striker, and he can do everything. So I mean, I love it. I love it when he time wastes. It's just, <laughs> I mean, even that challenge. I think I don't know who it was, but um, when he came in and he sort of fell to the floor, I can't remember the player. Was it Mark Noble? I can't remember now. I think so. Yes. Yeah, when they, um, he just threw himself to the floor, sort of thing. Just, just getting stuck in, just winding, winding the other players up. Um, like you say, just just mastering those dark arts. I think he, him, and the other players definitely need to sort of add that to their game. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, when you're against a team doing that, you think, oh, I don't want to see it. But when you sort of not seeing that as a character from your own team, you think, well, this is what we're missing. And I think it's all very well playing pretty football, but you do need that bit of still at, at times, don't you, Cole? Yeah, obviously, you know, that, that's something that I think, you know, lots of us have called out for, you know, the times that we've been winning games and you just need to shut up shop and start, you know, stop playing football in certain areas. And we've all kind of said it's something we need to learn. The only one thing that I obviously want to make sure with Kane that he doesn't do is with them ankles is actually go too silly at times and throw yourself into a tackle where you kind of go, well, actually, that one was pretty needless. Um, you know, there's one in the first half, wasn't it, right in the corner a flag where you do go I want to see you throw yourself around but at the right times possibly because obviously we know it's only going to take one ankle roll and then all of a sudden we're without him and and kind of in trouble because you know obviously you know we're not better without Kane so I want to see him be a bit you know a bit more the way he was on Saturday but obviously just make sure it's careful and done at the right times rather than risking a silly injury yeah, we don't want to be sort of wincing at every tackle he does, just thinking, <laughs> yeah, oh, no, yeah, is this the one? Is this the one? Well, he had the one after the goal, didn't he? Yes. When he then sat down and you're thinking, oh, God, here we go. Please not, you know, not one of these ankle ones again. Um, but seemed to get back from it and obviously, you know, still managed to get a few decent tackles in. And, you know, the one on Snodgrass where he just goes and absolutely levers him because Sissoko's on the floor. That was brilliant. Oh, yeah, that was perfect, that one. But, Carl, I'll stay with you. Two up at the interval. You'd have to say pretty much flying at that point, and it should have been wrapped up the game much sooner because Son and Lucas slice through the Hammers defence like a knife through hot butter, gaping holes at the back as wide as you like. However, the finish from Lucas, what on earth was that? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, he must have been the most relieved man when, you know, a minute or so later, Kane puts that header in because 
that really was the goal that you're thinking, well, that's the one, the third one kills it, hopefully. Um, and to miss such a glorious opportunity, um, you can only assume he got caught between that lane sideways to Ali and actually just smashing one in the bottom corner. But that was not a time for a pass, unfortunately. You know, that was one where it's just stick it in the corner, three nil up, and then this is game done and we can hopefully see it out. Um, but thankfully we got that, we got that third and, uh, yeah, and we deserved it at that point because we, they, we were all over them and they were dreadful. Kev, as Carl says, you know, thankfully a minute later, we're three and up, you know, we're smiling now. Serge Aurier with an inch perfect cross for Harry Kane, whose bullet header means that he's now the third highest club goal scorer of all time. Not bad for a one season wonder, is he? No, no. He just keeps, he just keeps uh, proving the doubt was wrong, doesn't he? Um, I mean, it's just it's just incredible what he's done. And I just hope he stays with us for as long as he can. Because um, he, again, against West Ham, he was he was uh, phenomenal up front. And, I mean, what a cross from Serge Aurier. I mean, I mean he's one player that uh, that's, um, divides opinion, isn't it? And that's the best cross I've seen him put in since I think we signed him, I think. So, uh, no, it was, a, it was a great header. Um, great timing as well. So, um, awesome finish. I was going to ask you about Serge Aurier, actually. I mean, as frustrating as he is, and I'm not his fan by any stretch of the imagination, there is a defender somewhere in there, and he is sort of capable of doing crosses like that. I mean, Palace was an example. Uh, I, I, you know, I think against Brighton, he sort of scored that goal, which was meant to be a cross. But, you know, there, there is some level of capability about him. So do you feel that Mourinho can actually get something out of him, make him a defender, make him off actual guaranteed first choice? How do you see that one playing out for the Ivorian? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I mean, my personal opinion, I, I think he's a liability. Um, he has been for a while. Um, he'll have one good game, um, then he'll have four or five bad games. Um, and I think, I think with any new manager coming, I think he'll, he'll get, he'll be told he's got like a clean slate and he'll, he'll uh, be allowed to sort of play in that position for a while. But, um, the jury's still out. I still would think we need to sign another right back because um, he's just too, too inconsistent for me. Would you go as early as January if possible? I would, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see who we could get because I know we were linked with that um, Napoli right back whose name I can't pronounce. You know, they won lots of little Z's and J's in it and I think we were meant to get him if Aurier moved on. So it'd be interesting to, to see if we do get, I guess, either a replacement or an addition because, Carl, if Aurier did leave, we'd sort of almost be back to square one with then just Carl Walker-Peters. So you'd have to feel that if there is some business in the short term, it would have to be just someone coming in, especially when you consider that Wan Foyth sort of pet project might be now pushed to one side. Yeah, I, I can see Jose probably prioritising the right-back position. And, and I agree with Kev. You know, I think Jose isn't a man who, who wants, you know, players who can be a liability. You know, he wants he wants someone who's steady, nothing special but solid. Um, and, and I agree, you know, for me, Aurier is one of those that you just never can trust that he's not going to lose his mind at a certain point and suddenly do something that costs you the game. Um, and that, for me, isn't the sort of defender that Jose likes. So I see him, you know, I see him looking for that right back position um i agree i think the already uh, fourth project could be you know put to bed now with potch not there um and, and we'll look to go in january for a right back um and if we can you know there are a couple out there that you sort of think we could get and would look reasonable and and now we've got a man who probably has got the pull to get those players so that that's another one that i think will be you know january will be really interesting around that front 
What's uh, Paolo Ferreira up to these days? Is he retired? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ricardo Carvalho, you know, he could even do a job. You know. <laughs> Getting the band back together in the, the white half of North London. But no, I think it'll come to that. But, uh, well, I'll, I'll, take Steve, I'll take Stephen Carr back over Sir Gloria. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> dear, oh dear. Yeah. Right, that's the, all the, I guess, the good bits of the game. Let's reference the bad bits. Because, I mean, it's fair to say, Cole, that Spurs were kind enough to make the game interesting, if nothing else. I mean, we were coasting it at 3-0 with, what, half an hour to go. If we're being really critical, the lack of a clean sheet is a blight. But at the same time, more importantly, the bigger picture is those three points. Yeah, definitely. I think the one good thing is, is that we know Jose won't have liked what he saw in those last 20 minutes. You know, as I say, I think it was one of them that at the third, we suddenly did that old Spurs thing and took our foot off the gas rather than go for the kill. You know, at that point, we should have said, let's get four or five and who knows, even six. And that's really killed this team. But we kind of dropped back, took our foot off the gas you know, stop pressurising them the way we were in the first 70 minutes. Um, and unfortunately, you can't do that in the Premier League because it does only take one goal to change the momentum of a game. Um, and as we know, we're fragile ourselves in terms of, you know, mentality at the back at the moment. Um, so that one goal kind of put us under pressure uh, and you could see the kind of old spurs, you know, nervous spurs came back. Um, but like I say, I think, you know, we've got a manager now who once he gets a bit more time, he, he, he won't have liked what he saw there and he'll make sure, hopefully, that that doesn't happen again and that we learn from that because Jose loves clean sheets, you know. Even, you know, even if it's 1-0, 2-0, he, he wants that clean sheet. So, um, yeah, wasn't good. Um, and obviously, but Jose had only had a few days, so I'm sure he'll work on that because that, that is the priority defensively because the front four will do damage against anyone, but you've got, you've got to keep the clean sheets coming um, because that is how you win things. Kev, I guess being as fragile as we have been thus far, I mean, we almost needed that three-goal head start, didn't we? Because we've kept one clean sheet this season and you'd like to think that will quickly improve under Mourinho, but as you sort of said, there are kinks that need to be ironed out, but... That should come sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we just sort of forget West Ham did score three goals That's right, right at the end, didn't yeah. they? Just thankfully for us, one of them was disallowed, um, obviously for offside. So, yeah, I mean, it's like I said at the start, um, he saw the best and the worst of Spurs um, in that game. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to the players haven't won away an away game for such a long time. And I think that bit of that pressure as well, we've been three, even though we're 3-0 up, um, I just hope, I mean, we've always seen it, but you can never be with Spurs, even if you're 5-0 up with 20 minutes to go, you can never sort of sit down and relax watching them. You have to, um, I just hope with Jose, um, he's the type of manager that will be 3-0 up with 20 minutes to go. And like you say, he'll get the players time-wasting, the ball will be out, he'll be making substitutions. He'll be just killing the game completely. And I think that's what the players need to sort of understand, um, sort of get used to. But it will take him time, but I'm sure he'll do it. I think that's where some fans are getting their approaches about parking the bus and all this a bit incorrect because you're absolutely right in the sense that, yes, he's pragmatic, but, you know, he's attacking first. You know, you'll get your two, three-goal lead and then shut up shop. It's not a case of, you know, just play for the one call. So I think people are sort of worrying a bit too much, not think. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it, it, the bottom line is if, if you want to win things like titles and that, then you need to keep clean sheets. And sometimes, you know, you will need to just grind games out, you know, even as good as City and Liverpool are, you know, they, they're they not always winning games 6-7-0. Um, and I'm sure, as you say, if you looked at the football we played on Saturday, I'm sure Jose won't go out and if he sees we can tear a team apart, he won't go, no, 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 I only want one and then we sit back. But there will be games where, you you know, you will need to just score one or possibly two and then shut up shop and just say, right, nothing silly. You know, it was the biggest criticism we all labelled at Poch in the Juventus game in the Champions League, wasn't it? You know, we're in the lead and now all of a sudden we're still trying to attack and we get caught and suddenly we're out of the competition. So it's all about time and place and when you do it. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that kind of boring park in the bus tag, you know, I think if you look back at Jose's teams over the time, Chelsea, Madrid, you know, Porto, that, they, they didn't always play boring park in the bus football. But there's a time where it needs to be done, I'm afraid, and even the best do it. And Kev, do you reckon that Mourinho learned more in the fact that we actually shipped two late goals? Because I think, you know, if he'd won that 3-0, it'd just be, you know, a great attack performance and I guess, you know, everything's fine this week. But actually sort of thinking, oh, actually, you know, maybe... Things still need to be worked on at the back and all this. You probably actually, there's a small benefit to that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like you say, if we'd have won that game 3-0, it'd have been like, oh, oh, this is, we've defended really well and all this lot. But no, it's it's um, it was good. In a way, it was good um, that we conceded those two goals because it's just, it's like I said, just instilling that that game nous that, um, that we definitely need. Um, I mean, you look at his, just going back to sort of um, his Chelsea days, he'd be he'd, at home, especially, he'd go, it'd be, I mean, there's some games, it's like Carl said, this parking the bus is, is a myth because, I mean, I remember the Chelsea team he used to um, manage was like, they'd be freeing up at half time, but then the second half would be nil nil. Um, it's get the game won. Um, he used to get the game won, and then he'll just be like, right, we've got the game won. All we need to do is be sensible. Um, just see the game out, and that's just what our players need to need just to get to grips with. Right, let's move on to Christian Eriksen. So we all know he's not put pen to paper on a new deal, and on Thursday it was reported that he and the Belgian two centre backs are now considering staying in the white half of North London. However, Cole, if you had the purse strings, who would you be offering deals out of that trio? Yeah, interesting one. I think, I mean, the one obviously that we know Jose wants, and I'm sure that you know, the deal will come now, will be for Adeverald because obviously, you know, Jose wanted him at United massively. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think, you know, Toby's putting performances in where you can't really moan and say, I wouldn't begrudge him staying because there's still a great defender in there. Um, I think Yan will probably want to see where his head is at just yet. Um, and obviously, he made the clear comment to Ericsson, didn't he, about I need to see where this guy's heart and, and what he wants to do is, which to me was a clear warning to him, which is like, if I don't see something very soon from you, then I'll let you go. Um, and Ericsson is the one that I can see actually still going in January. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it doesn't look like, you know, it doesn't look like he's there, um, whether or not he can change that within the next couple of weeks. But he didn't come on and kind of bust the gut where you kind of saw a performance from him when he did come on to make you think, oh, actually, he looks like he definitely wants to be around now. Um, but maybe that's too harsh. You know, coming onto a game is not as always easy as starting. So I think Ericsson could be the one I still see leaving. But I reckon Vertonghen and Jan may get, you know, at least till the end of the season now. 
And Kev, we mentioned Christian Eriksen. I mean, we may have played with 10 men with him being on the pitch on Saturday. Do you feel now there's a point where he's playing not to get injured and it's like, oh, I don't want to scupper my potential big move abroad? Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been awful for ages, let's be honest. Um, and I agree with I agree with Carl. I think I can definitely see him uh, going in January. Um, I mean, if Jose's coming out and making those comments already, um, it sounds like to me that it's not going to be a player that's he's going to turn around and go back to being the Christian Eriksen of old that we all loved sort of thing. So, um, I, Christian Eriksen um, definitely leaving January for me, um, 100%. And Cole, of course, it is Mourinho who will have some influence on the handing out of deals. But what did you make of his sound bout, so, sorry, sound bite, sorry, that he said that getting to a final is not history. History is winning. I mean, even if you were Poch's biggest fan, you'd have to be a little bit impressed by that, wouldn't you? Well, I think, you know, the thing is that that's what we've brought this guy in for, isn't it? You know, I think what we've brought this guy in for is that here's a guy who doesn't care about making semi-finals or runners up in finals. To him, it is all about winning. And the club have made this decision and send a message out to world football now that we are a club now who've reached a point where the ambition now is to start winning things. Um, and we've got a guy who's not happy just to come runners up or, well, we got a semi-final, you know. This is a guy whose view is winning is all that matters. And I don't care how we achieve it, because at the end of the day, if you look in the history books, it can say winner, but it doesn't say, yeah, you won, but you were boring. It just says winner. And that's all he wants to do. And I think that's the kind of, you know, we've kind of sent that statement that we've reached a point now where we've tried to do it a certain way, but now we're going to try and go a different approach and see if this works. Um, and only time will tell if that's been the right decision. But it, it's the kind of thing, not being funny, Dan, that's the kind of message that I like because it's all well and good wanting to, you know, all this stuff about the Tottenham DNA and everything like that. But the Tottenham DNA recently has been that of continual failure and, you know, failing at the last hurdle. So if we get a guy in who kind of changes that and we win at the final hurdle, even if it ain't pretty, well, I'm afraid I'm all for it. And those who I think are trying to say they're not, I think if you start seeing Kane on a podium lifting a few FA Cups and League Cups and stuff like that, um, they'll change their tune pretty quickly. Oh, of course they will. Let's be honest, they're not kidding anyone. But, Kev, I mean, there's been so many sound bites over the past week, we could have spent all of this show discussing those and nothing else. But to be honest, I've not really asked you your take on the sacking and the appointment. So now the man is to somewhat settled down, what is your view on it all? Um, well, as you, you may have seen, um, I haven't been Potch's biggest fan for the last couple of months. Um, the time... Um, was definitely up for, for me. I think the Brighton game was the um, the one for me that I sort of decided that we needed a change. Um, and Josie's been a fresh air, whether you like him or whether you hate him. He's come out and he's said all the right things. He said everything the fans want to hear. Um, and I've been, I even wanted Jose as manager. Uh, I know some some fans don't like him because um, he's, he's managed Chelsea and stuff like that. But that was a long time ago. Um, and if he wins us an FA Cup this season, I don't think anyone's going to moan. Kev, I'll stay with you. So what did you make of the somewhat increased levels of grief that have been displayed by some quarters? Of course, you know, I'm not saying that we should erase Potch's memory anytime soon, but you'd have to say the outpouring of emotion by some has been a little bit questionable. Yeah, it's been a bit over the top, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, I mean, I've seen um, posts by people on Twitter 
Um, and I'm like, it's like the guy isn't dead. It's like he's just lost his job. I know he's done a, a fantastic for us for five years. And don't get me wrong, I loved him. I absolutely loved Potch. But I'm also a Tottenham fan above all else. And no manager is bigger than being a Tottenham fan for me. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a bit over the top what I've seen from some people. But for some people, especially when you look at the younger generation, um, Sort of the fans that are sort of like 15, 16, might have been the only manager they've known at Spurs. So there obviously is going to be a bit of a... I mean, the first manager was Terry Venables for me. Um, and I was gutted when he went. So um, obviously he won us the FA Cup. So I think there is a bit... Of, uh, there's a bit too much loyalty to Poch. But um, I'm hoping in time um, that people will start to come round and start to see, look, this was the best thing to do for Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he'll only be measured, Cole, by trophies, won't it? Because this is what he's been brought in for. So you're sort of thinking, we can't have this manager who's perceived to be even better and not finally get over the line. So that really is going to be the yardstick which all the measuring comes from. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, I, I put it out there the other day that if in 18 months' time, Jose hasn't delivered a trophy and we haven't won anything, um, then he'll get the same treatment that Poch will, won't he? Labelled as, well, you just you can't win anything at this club. Um, so, yeah, Jose's not, you know, we've said we've brought in a winner, but there is now a pressure to deliver that because that is what the guy does. So, you know, he won't get a free reign. You know, if 18 months' time he hasn't delivered on winning anything, then questions will start to get asked of him. Um, but, I, you know, I agree with Kev, you know, I've made no secret of this, you know, those, you know, even people with, who've seen people like, you know, oh, this is the best manager we've ever had since Bill Nick. Um, for me, you know, I, I find that ludicrous when you've got names like Birkinshaw um, that were there because, I, you know, for me, Birkinshaw was the first manager. And you look at his record over the, the five odd years or eight years that he was at the club, you know, a promotion, two FA Cups, UEFA Cup. Um, and probably would have been more ready, not been treated the way he was by the club. So you can't start putting Poch's achievements, as good as they are, um, above someone like that. Because, you know, the, ultimately it's a game's about glory. And ultimately with Poch, the only real glory we've had is finishing within the top four regularly, which actually isn't really success, is it? No, I mean, I guess it, with the nature of today's football, the measuring stick has changed because of the Champions League and the fact that top four is a prize in itself. But for me... I know it's very hard to compare managers in different eras, but surely that overall comparison has to be trophies. So really, you know, as good as Poch was, when we look back in history, you know, we'll look back 30 years from now and he might not be, you know, still considered, you know, maybe in the top three or four managers or even like half a dozen. You just don't know, do you? Because ultimately he's never lifted a cup for us. So of course, you know, you can't forget what he's done and he has a lot of credit from, I guess, a lot of people as has been evident. But unfortunately, life as in football just goes on, Kev, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I mean, I won't forget what Poch has done for Spurs. Um, let's face it, if if Poch never got us to where we were, consecutive Champions League qualifications, a Champions League final, we wouldn't have Jose Mourinho in charge. Um, if you go back sort of when Poch took over, um, would Mourinho took over um, Tottenham then? I very much doubt it. So Poch has elevated us to a competitive level in the Premier League. Um, and we just needed that that winner, that manager who's won it, just to take us that that just that next step. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all for Jose. It's an excellent point you make, actually. 
to be fair, Kev. I mean, the fact that, you know, Poch has almost sort of got it ready and said, look, here's the keys, go and finish the job. And talking of finishing the job, Cole, I mean, we're in the league, there's a lot of work to be done, but the current league standing looks a lot better than it did before the international break. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Premier League this year is all over the shop, isn't it, really? It does only take... It, does, it is, it is broken this year, isn't it? <laughs> Apart from those top two... Um, and possibly maybe the bottom two, you're, you're going to see a little bit of movement as each week goes on. Um, and it will only take two or three wins to get you back in a strong position. The, you know, the worry we've obviously got is we've allowed the kind of the gap between Leicester and that to kind of be as big as it is. But you've only got to go on a good run and they have a couple of bad results and all of a sudden you're back in, you're back in with a shout. Um, so for me, you know, I think realistically we've got to keep fighting flat top four um you know if we can get an fa cup while getting there then it's the icing on the cake isn't it but obviously we want champions league football but it you know you never know it could be too much of an ask but with joe say you never know well this is it kev because obviously it's nine points to chelsea after they lost to city on saturday so we might be getting a bit ahead of ourselves in terms of hunting down the champions league but you know i'm sure Mourinho can say to his players look we know the target now let's get to work yeah, there's a lot of games to play. Um, I think the Christmas period will be key. Um, there's a lot of games coming up um, over the Christmas period, as you know. Um, and I think I think the head-to-heads with Chelsea will will play a bit into it as well. Um, I don't know if we've got them home or away first. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's home. Home. Home is it. Well, if we can beat them at home. Um, and I mean, our run of games coming up... Um, I think we can. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm not confident that we can do it, but we. We. We can do it. We definitely have the players um, to go on a run of five or six winning games. And like you say, that apart from sort of City and Liverpool, um, you can see Leicester and Chelsea dropping points. I mean, Leicester are on fire at the moment. There's no question about that. I mean, if there was one team to pick who's going to finish third, I would say Leicester over Chelsea, just because I think as the season goes on. Um, Leicester have more players with just that, that extra bit of experience um, going into that period. So I think still think there's a lot to play for, but it's so wide open. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if you were a betting man, you, you wouldn't want to bet on who's going to finish third and fourth, that's for sure. I mean, you look at Leicester, they look the real deal already, but also the fact that they're not in Europe, so they can just be concentrating on the league and whatever side cups they're still in. So, you know, they're going to be a lot fresher coming into the season. So I think they'll be third. I think it might be us and Chelsea for the scraps, but obviously Chelsea with that nine-point head start. But, Cole, you know, a couple of weeks back, we were sort of quite naysaying, sort of thinking to ourselves that, oh, well, we'd never go on a 10-match unbeaten run now. Obviously, things don't change overnight. But that said, you know, Kev's reference fact, we do have the players, and Christmas, we are quite good. So that's going to be a real integral sort of part of the season. If we can get, say, I don't know, 10 points out of that, might just put you in a good head of steam for the new year. Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, I think if we'd stuck with Poch, I certainly wouldn't have seen that run coming. No. But you can kind of think now with that new manager bounce, you know, if Jose can have the effect on the squad that we're hoping he can and shore us up a little bit more defensively, then if I'm honest with you, I'm sitting here tonight feeling a little bit more confident we can go on a better run than we would have if we'd kept Pochettino at the club. Um, so, as you say, you can't write nothing out. This league is a, is a bizarre league at 
times. Um, so we just have to hope we can do it and get there and nick that final space. You know, maybe we need to hope that there's a couple of injuries that others pick up. You know, Leicester lose Vardy, then, you know, I kind of feel that's a major goal threat for them out of the team. Um, And and those are the kind of things that can happen during a season that work in your favour. But I certainly feel more confident now that we can stick a decent run together um, and, and get back where we should be and challenge him for that fourth spot. Of course, if we don't finish in the top four, we can still win the Champions League, can't we? And that brings us quickly on to Olympiacos. So, Kev, it was a draw in Greece back in September, but do you think we can get the round of 16 qualification job done on Tuesday? Yeah, I think we will. Um, I think you'll see um, Jose change it up a little bit, but not too much. Um, I don't think he'll make as many changes as Poch may would have done. I think he might make three, maybe four changes. Um, so I don't think we'll see a lot. Um, I can see Kane starting, that's for sure. Um, Son um, and Lucas starting. He may um, take Delhi out. I, I don't think he should, but he might do. Um, but, um, yeah, we should get the job done. Um, let's be honest, Olympiacos aren't great. So, uh, I know it was 2-2 out there, but it's always a tough place to go out, out there. So, um, I, I don't see any problems at all. And, Cole, anything to add to that? No, the one thing I do think is I think Jose will know that this is the key game, isn't it? Because obviously win this and you've qualified and then that trip to Bayern Munich doesn't become such a headache game. You know, you can kind of go there knowing that even a defeat doesn't cost you qualifying from the group. So I I think he'll make a couple of changes, but I think he'll know he needs to really stick a strong side out. I think Rose will play because Davies looked like he picked up... um, an injury towards the end of that game. So he might think that he'll just swap him over. Um, I think he'll play Delhi um, because, you know, one thing that was obviously a slight little di- disappointment was Delhi didn't look too happy when he was subbed at the weekend, you know, because I think obviously he felt he was having a great game. So I-, I think he'll stick with the majority of that team, but just make, you know, you might see Vertonghen come back in. We might see Tungai get a game. And I think Rose at left back. Um, but, you know, we still have to remember that this this is the game that can see us qualify. So we we, we really should just go all out for this because you know, as much as we got Jose in charge, I, I wouldn't fancy having to go to Bayern with everything on the line. Well, imagine uh, Poch watching at home thinking, "Give me that job, I'll have it," and then he's he's facing <laughs> up against us. That'd be quite interesting, I, wouldn't I, it? I, I'll take it just for one game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just installed as the caretaker boss against Spurs. Yeah, he'd love it, maybe. Yeah, well, never say never. Stranger things have happened in football, unless he goes to Arsenal, which all the Arsenal fans were begging for at the weekend. But I don't think that would happen. Kev, if it did happen, would your interest or love affair with Potts finally come to an end? Would you, or would you sort of, I guess, um, begrudgingly get on with his loyalty and think, well, we did sack him, so fair play? Um, I can't see him going there, no, to be no, perfectly no. honest. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be 100% sure that he wouldn't go there, but I would like to think, I know he was sacked and I know Jose's come out and you've seen the old Chelsea where he said that he'd never managed Spurs and then he said, oh, that was before I was sacked sort of thing. And it's the same sort of situation. But I think Poch is slightly different to Jose in that respect. He does have a lot of loyalty um, to Spurs and um, I can't see him going to Arsenal, which is funny how the Arsenal fans have constantly been on Poch's back for not winning anything. Now they're begging him for him to be their manager. So... Um, it's just amusing that but no I I definitely can't see him going to Arsenal that's for sure yeah I think you're right on that front right it's the time for the prediction game so we're going to look at the game for Bournemouth not Olympiacos so 
I'll do a quick recap of the league table. The guests, collectively, are winning on four points at the moment, which means James, Cole and I are all on three points. So, you know, still a lot to play for. And, Kev, as the guest, you get to give your prediction first. What do you think will be the score between Tottenham and Bournemouth on Saturday? Um, I'm going to go for 2-0 to Tottenham. Ooh, a, a rather routine win for Kev. Nothing wrong with that. And, Cole, what about yourself? Uh, I'm going to go for a busting 4 0. I'm going to go for a Hello. Jose puts puts a, puts the side out, then they go and uh, they go and make another statement and get four. Okay, um, I'll go three 0 then because I like the, I like the thought of a bit of a buster. Now, Cole, <laughs> I was thinking because James isn't here, do we give him a nil nil where he might win a point, or do we give him a ludicrous ten nil? Do you know what I mean? Like, what would you do? Well, I think we'd have to go for a Bournemouth 5 0 for James. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Then, you know, we've, we've really got to stitch him up, haven't we? You know, if he, if he can't turn up tonight, then uh, he, he deserves stitching up. Absolutely. Right. So, James, you get a 5 0 Bournemouth win. So, you know, don't blame us if he doesn't come in. <laughs> but, <laughs> right then. So, that's the uh, the show pretty much all done. So, I just need to do the admin. And first up, thank my guests. So, Kev, that was a sterling debut. I hope you enjoyed it. And more importantly, you'd like to come back in the new year. Yeah, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, Dan. Um, it's been great to come on. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to come on in the new year. So, uh, I love the pod. Um, I just started listening to it a few weeks ago. Um, but, no, I'd, I'd love to come on. It's, uh, I've enjoyed it. Not a problem, mate. We'll definitely have you back after Christmas then. And, Cole, you'll be back with me next week. Yeah, looking forward to it, Dan. Excellent. So, if you have any questions or comments, send them either to me, at StanTracy1983, or at C-O-Y-S underscore C-O-M. Engagement is what we want, as we can then discuss the points that you want to hear. Also, if you want to be on the show like Kev, get in touch with me on my personal Twitter account. We can make that happen for you. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And as always, come on you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.